0: My sins are washed They're all washed away Let's sing it again, shall I'm amazed the lord jesus well it's pretty simple really if you're not amazed how much he loves you you don't realize how lost you were if you're thinking you're a pretty good guy or a pretty good lady and you think well really i mean i needed the grace of god but not near as much as brother donnie well that may be true but you still need a lot of it that's right so we're all lost wasn't it but god's mercy thank god for mercy Let's read Revelation 22 tonight, if you would. Amos, God bless you, buddy. Good to see you tonight. How's the Lord? Amen. I was just thinking as I was back there before I came out, in one way, it's hard for me to imagine that my eyes, if I'm alive, one day will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And that these very eyes that I have right here, if I'm alive, could be changed in a moment and you could be changed with me if we're alive. And instead of looking at you the way I see you and you looking at me with my gray hair and all my flaws and all my faults. That in a moment of time, our bodies could ever one, not only go back to being young. but somehow enter in to an essence of eternal life that's pretty exciting football, baseball, basketball Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's a lot of folks get excited about a lot of things friends, to me that is pretty overwhelming those of us that are alive and remain, remember, we will not go by the way of the grave. It will actually be our eyes that we're using tonight, our hands, our our body, that will be changed. Amen. I believe the change is taking place within us already by His Word right now. So as we are looking at this place, our, our new home, and it seems odd, really, that we would contrast it to such a degree compared to what's there in comparison to what's here it's really not even worthy to be compared but if we can be able to get under the influence that heavenly influence of what God has there for us I believe that we can be reflected while we're going that way why would we want to just have peace in the millennium if I can have it now, I mean, why not have it? If I can be happy versus being sad and depressed and weary, and I mean, if it's an option, and it is, it's a choice. If I can be that way, why would I not want to have that? Amen. Revelation twenty two twelve, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right, may have right, not a right, but actually have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Notice this as we look at these things, how in the world will that ever be restored? Restored. Whenever man was so lost and so far away from God, and Job said there was no one to be able to put his hands on God and put his hands on man. So you know what God done? God made a special creation, the only begotten God, which had both human nature and divine in the same body. You see, a mediator has to be able to feel for both parties. Standing in the middle is always a dangerous position to be. I get there a lot as a pastor. You face the risk of being shot by both sides. Both husband and wife, you know, or children and parents, whoever it is. Can you imagine the Lord Jesus having to have both natures in in order to understand what needed to be met? in this contract. He also had to be willing to suffer what both parties would render justly for it to be met in Himself. God the Father, the Spirit turned His back on Him, laid all of our sin on Him. The world laughed, ridiculed, made fun of. So He's got His hand on man, He's got His hand on God. He suffers the wrath of the Almighty, suffers the wrath of humans thinks like man, has a headache like men, feels the burden like men, but he thinks like God at the same time. Why? Because the mediator must understand both sides. Don't you see why? There's never nothing, never, never, never another one like him. Amen. Praise God. This is why he is so confident, friends. We're going to this place. It's done, finished. Streets of gold already laid. Gates of pearl already hinged and hung. The price has already been made. How many of you would like to be remembered tonight as we pray before the Lord? God bless you. Lord Jesus, this just overwhelms us, Father, as we think about it. First of all, we want to say how much we thank you. Lord, as we mentioned it here Wednesday night, that it's hard for us to comprehend because we cannot take our words and make a human. The only way that we as humans can be able to produce another human is by the joining together of male and female. And then out of our genos or our genealogy, then it will produce an offspring. But we're not even sure if it'll be a male or a female. We can't take our words and say, let there be this and let there be that. We don't have that power. We can take a stack of lumber and make a building. Maybe take some lumber and make a a pulpit, a rail. Make make different things. But we cannot take our words and make a man. And we certainly couldn't take our words and make a God-man. But Lord God, you could. And he spread himself between the gap of humanity and deity understood both sides, covered both sides, touched both sides, felt the wrath of both sides, and made peace with both sides. He was that bridge that spanned the gap from deity and humanity. So Lord, how we want to thank you tonight for that taking place. Lord Jesus, may we never, no matter how long we get to serve you, may we never take that for granted. We thank you tonight that we have peace in our hearts through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray you would take your word and break it to us tonight. Speak to us once again, would you, Lord? Our needs are many, but we know that our God has such a great omnipotent power to come and minister to us. Speak to us, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Since he was the Logos, and he came out from God, the Father, the Eternal in the beginning, he did not come by himself. His name was written in the book first. And our names were written in divine order after him. He was slain in the mind of God before the foundation of the world, and his blood was taken from that corporal body in the mind of God and your name was associated with that bloodshed before there was ever a molecule before there was ever one split second of time so this is why that he can be absolutely so divinely confident that nothing will interrupt his program. Now he knows that there will be an element of humans that will accept John 3.16 grace, unmerited favor offered to them beyond what they deserve. But there's also another category of humans who live on the earth who received a deposit from the Logos itself. It's actually called the wife of the Logos. For them, he is so certain that they were given to him of the Father. Yes, sir. They were given to him, he was given to them. For them, everything is secure. The work is done, completed. As a matter of fact, they're already glorified in his presence. But while they are here, They are so much like Him because He became so much like them. Unlike Him, we could never span the gap between the divine and the human and be able to pay our own penalty. I could not do that. You could not do it for me. I could not do it for you. Neither could we do it for one another. But we were able to do it In him. By representation the prophet said somehow he made me pay for my sins in that body. Now those of us who are identified in that eternal this is where that whenever we become born again the divine deposit that was placed in us when we took the breath of life and lay there in that stage for maybe decades. It was truly as the written word laying in the Bible that it could lay there for years and years, and nothing ever be produced out of it. The prophecy of Jeremiah, of Isaiah, of Haggai two seven, of Zechariah six twelve, Malachi three, of Deuteronomy 18.15, Deuteronomy 6, all of those words that laid in the Bible in prophetic form of Logos, they could lay there for decades, hundreds and hundreds of years, and nothing ever happened to them. Until the season got right, and then the anointing fell on the Word, and if there was a human on the earth, whose name was identified with the fulfillment of that prophecy, the anointing not only fell on the written word, but fell on their life. That's the way it happened with Ruth, that's the way it happened with David, that's the way it happened with Abram, with Isaac, Jacob, that's the way it happened with you, believe it or not. And the Spirit of God moved upon both parts, that which was written in the Bible, and that which was embedded in human flesh, and the Spirit of God began to move on that cycle as the earth itself is now entered into the fall equinox and our days are getting shorter, we know after we pass, what is the 21st, 22nd of September, somewhere in that time frame, we start losing a minute of daylight every day. It will come that way till we come to December the 21st and then it will come to its shortest day and then the earth coming around again will start increasing the daylight. Then we enter into the winter solstice and then before long, before we know it, it will spring right back again until the springtime. It's been that way for thousands of years. And we know then the earth is cycled around the great promise of God, and so is it with the predestinated seed of the Word. They do the same thing, that God cycles them. This is why the real people of God, it don't mean they understand everything they read. It don't mean they understand people. Well, i got a question about this, and i got a question about that, and i got all kinds of questions about that. And they look at the elect and feel out like the elect can explain all their questions? Absolutely not. I've got all kinds of questions I can't wait to ask him at that day. But I'm not based on who I am by understanding my questions. It's based on who I am by where I come from and where I'm going back to. But you see, those who are turning away from the word, well, I don't understand this, and I don't understand that, and I can't tie this together, and I can't tie that together, and if I can't, I'm leaving. Well, God bless you, good riddance, but I'm staying where I am. I ain't going nowhere. Well, until the rapture takes, and then I'm leaving here. Because I am not following this because of what I understand or what I don't understand, but it's something in me that has been quickened to something that matches the word of the hour, understand it all or not, that's really irrelevant. What I pray for is to understand that which I need to understand. And the rest of it, I'll catch up with it later. So much of it you ain't going to understand till you get there anyhow. But yet for those who want to understand it all before they ever believe it, you're pretty much spinning your wheels. You'll never get anywhere with God. But for those who desire to manifest heaven while they're in this journey and then they're they're pressing along and they have good days, they have bad days, they have sickness, and they have all kinds of things in their life. But yet they believe that there is a place that they can achieve in their walk with God to where they so embrace the heavenly realm that heaven begins to spill out in their journey as they are going that way. So as we keep reading the scriptures in Revelation over and over again, as we see the great paradise of God and how wonderful it would be if it was here tonight, all trouble gone, sickness and all that, but until it arrives in the natural kingdom are we to just go on and say, well it's only in a world that is to come and after a while it'll come, you know one day it'll be, or is it not that the king of that paradise desires to reflect our future inheritance while we are going that way. If Brother Branham as a 14-year-old boy sees these women down in hell and they come toward him and if you'll study the time frame when this happens, uh, a lot of this makeup and a lot of this stuff that he saw had not yet emptied out on the earth at that time. But yet it was already identified down in hell and no doubt a lot of what he saw, the facial features and things that he saw. If you look at a lot of the pictures on rock and roll albums and a lot of that sort of thing today on movies and all types of video games, you'll see some of the same images he saw then. (laughs) because hell is actually vomiting out or enlarging her gates. Now it's not that hell is getting any bigger. God created hell for the devil and his angels, but he knew there would be more residents there, there'd be more humans there than there would be angels, so he made it big enough for those future visitors that would turn into future dwellers there. So he knew they would wind up being there, and hell itself is already coming this way. This is why we feel what we feel and in 1964 they asked Brother Brennan, Brother Brennan why can't we pray? Why can't we feel like revival and all that like we should? Well brother sister he said revival is over. Now can you imagine in 1964 that revival was over for the world over Brother Donnie? Why should we even try? Just because it's over for the world don't mean it's over for you as an individual because remember in Shreveport in 1965, he tells us that the bride's revival is just starting. That's right. Now, it will not be a global thing that the majority of the world will come, but the bride's revival is her and the groom uniting together. Yeah. It doesn't mean her battles are over, her troubles are over, but him and her are becoming of one soul and one nature. So if Satan is permeating the world that we live in with the influence of hell, what about heaven itself? Surely God is not going to be outdone by the devil, is he? You mean God is going to let hell be able to reflect its gates and all of that on the earth and the people going crazy and going out of their mind, living like hell, talking like hell? like hell, and and God's going to let the devil outdo him? I don't believe that. No, sir. We know the Lord Jesus was heaven that come down. Is that right? Notice then, whenever that reoccurrence came again in our generation, then what did God do? The pillar of fire came down again. The Lord Jesus appeared out there in the desert, his very image up in the clouds, the sign of the Son of Man. So when hell comes up, heaven comes down. The seals that was broken in March of 1963, uh, it was more than just sermons that was being preached, but there was something that was happening. Heaven was coming down. Heaven what? What do you mean, Brother Donny? Where's all the angels? Where's this or that? Heaven consists of the Word. It's not now that heaven is building up little cities and little towns and little hamlets, but heaven is building up... It's institution, it's guideline, it's perimeters of righteousness, it's building up the confines, it's building up that kingdom where, lo, the kingdom of God is within you. Then we begin to reflect our citizenship. As the prophet said, there's three realms above us, three beneath us, and we're caught in the middle of what he called the stream of mortal time. And then while we are yet here, we still feel that influence. The Lord Jesus being that, that being that what the prophet referred to as almost like a dual personality. And whenever he was here, he allowed himself also to feel that impact as the mediator between the divine and the human. Now, he had to do that in order to be able to really feel our side of it. As the Logos, he laid aside those embodiments that he had had before that, and we know that God had never had a permanent flesh body until Jesus comes on the earth. Now, hope this don't shock you too bad, but Brother Branham says it several times that even the flesh of the Lord Jesus could not glory in the presence of God. Now I know that's staggering sometimes to think about, but the flesh, now you say, oh my goodness, I I can't receive that. Well, you need to because it'll be the key that helps you to understand yourself. You see, the flesh of the Lord Jesus was so human that God cannot receive glory from any flesh. So this is why that it was the work of the Father in the invisible and Jesus would say, it's not me that does the works, it's my Father. I can only do what my Father, the invisible, eternal, shows me and I am only the humanity of God or as Philo says, I am the house that God lives in. So Jesus, the man, was the body that the invisible God took up residence in that body, praise the Lord. But God would not allow the human body of the Lord Jesus to glory in His presence, but it shows that something happened after the resurrection because, oh glory to God, that same body that could not glory in the presence of the Almighty then became the glorified body of the eternal himself. Oh! God. The flesh which could not glory in the presence of God. This is why God hates our glory now. Well I'm this and I'm that and I'm this. God don't want none of our glory. He would not receive the glory of his own son's body. But in the resurrection then what does God do? God raises that body and God says now I will take that body which before I would not allow to glory in me now I will glorify it don't you see what he's fixing to do for you Right now, God will not take glory from our flesh. Well, I'm this and I'm that and I'm something else. No, but when the change comes, the very same body a few seconds ago that was contemptible in the eyes of God is changed by the power of the resurrection and we bear in our glorified body the image of the resurrected Son of God. And as God raised that body of the Lord Jesus to be set seated rather on the throne of God, which will be our Joseph that we will see, and it will be the eternal that hangs over him in the eighth day, then what did God do? God raised him up, glorified him, and he will do the elect of God exactly the same way. So we will be raised and glorified. Can you imagine the body? It's hard for our minds to comprehend, but say we're here on the earth and I'm 63 and and some of you young boys are 19 or 20 and 80 and whatever more that we are and in a moment in a twinkling of an eye the resurrected power of God from our soul is released by the dynamo of God and it forces a change from the inside out and all of a sudden this body that was my biggest enemy this body which was your biggest enemy in a moment and a twinkling of an eye is (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) is changed into the image of the Son of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and that thing which was your greatest enemy has now become the glorification hallelujah of the eternal and now you will live through eternity and that body which has been changed by the power of God Praise be to God, hallelujah brother sister can you imagine that power lives in us tonight if we have the Holy Ghost it's not that we're waiting for that to come it's already here the indwelling why the prophet said the the power in you that's there to create a world and go out there and live a private life on it what will it be the building of the dynamo of God through the dynamics of the revealing of the word it would happen right here tonight but God has to hold it back every now and then we go to feeling running up and down our bones on the inside and we go to clapping our hands and patting our feet. Amen. Don't you know what that is? That's that quickening power. It's wanting to get out and God said not yet. Not yet. Oh hallelujah. Not yet. But one of these days he'll say go ahead. Go ahead. Amen. And it won't just be shouting time brother. It won't just be jumping time. It'll be changing time. The daughter, Do you mean you are saying that you little simple people that people think are crazy and look at you like you're nuts? You believe that is here with all of my heart? I see his evidence among us. I see him already changing lives. I see him heal the sick. I see him perform miracles by his quickening power. We can't do that. So why is it, Why should it be far out then for us to believe that heaven desires to reflect those attributes which can merge in time? Why would it be hard for us to believe that God don't want it to be that way? So does God want me to just have peace on the other side and I'm miserable now? God wants me to have joy on the other side? Hey, listen, friend, there's not going to be no prayer lines in the millennium. There ain't going to be no healing in the eighth day. There won't be no folks sick. So if God wants to express himself as healer, I believe I'll just render my body to him to let him do it. Amen. I'm going to give him my hands. I'm going to give him my lips to cast out devils. I'm going to give him my mouths, amen, to speak the word. What about it, saints? What well, if you've got a sickness or a disease, then let God take your body and drive it out of there. What is that? It's a little bit of foretaste of your body change every time you get healed. How many believes there'll be eternal peace in heaven? How many believes you can have some of it now? How many knows you'll have to fight for it? Is it worth it? Let me read you some of my favorite scriptures. Number six twenty-four. The Lord... Bless thee, and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee. Now, you may think that, well, this is Old Testament. I'll tell you one thing. If God manifests these three verses on my life, there'll be very little I'll need left. You get under the understanding of these scriptures and you listen. The Lord make his face to shine upon them. Now notice how the author writes this as if though God has a face. God is a spirit and God is invisible but you see the people that are going to read this from countless generations will be able to identify as they would look at their mother their father as they would look at a grandmother or a grandfather and they wouldn't even have to say anything when you would come in their midst if you found favor in their eyes they would be able to look at you and you could pretty much have anything they had Why? Because you found favor and their face showed, amen, their face shined upon you, amen. Now remember, this is what the priests are supposed to put, this is called the benediction of the Old Testament, and the priests are supposed to put the name of the Lord on the children of Israel. And. This is the way they put the name of the Lord on the children of Israel in that they bless them by putting his character on them. Notice now, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, the Lord bless thee and keep thee, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. Now, this is a typical Hebrew expression that the Lord's face, so whenever they looked at that in the sign of mercy, of, of, of kindness and, you know, giving favor, it was an illumination of the face, whenever. The face was angry, and you looked somebody looked at you with anger, then they identified that as an expression of darkness. But whenever it was one of smiles, one of favor, they identified divine favor as a smile on a person's face. So frowning then, did any of y'all ever get them from mom and daddy? Say you was at somebody's house and you was eating and mom and daddy really didn't want to whip you or anything. But you got out of line and all they had to do was look at you. I started hurting as soon as I got that. Why? It was an expression that I had lost favor in my daddy's eyes. Which meant I would lose a little bit of hide later. You understand? Now, my daddy, my mama didn't have to say one word, Brother Nathan, not one word. Nobody in the room might not have seen it. They might not have even noticed it, but I did and I did not like what I saw yet it was me that brought it on me well come on now and yet they never opened their mouth and I entered into mourning and repentance and sadness and deep sorrow until the beating was over the meal was over whatever more and I went ahead and got my whooping or my balling out whatever it was that I deserved and I deserved it and I probably deserved a lot more than what I got but you understand that by the expression of that now Moses said I'll tell you what I want you to do I want you to bring this to the people that they have found favor in God's eyes and God is actually smiling on them. At one time God frowned and God looked with disgust and anger but God don't look that way no more because what it was that stood between him and the fallen man brought the smile back to God's face. Well if God can smile at me then I reckon I should be able to smile back at him because because the smile of the Lord Jesus bore the wrath of man and the vengeance of God he bore all of that darkness in himself and he turned God's frown upside down into a smile and now I'm enjoying the blessings of his favor pardon me while I smile a little bit about how beloved I am Amen. some of you act like God's still frowning at you Notice this in Proverbs 16, 15. In the light of the king's countenance is life, and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. Now notice then, so to be looked upon by the Middle Eastern king, to be invited into his inner sanctum, very, very few. You understand that even some children never got invited to the king's inner sanctum. All of David's children never got to go into the inner sanctum. All of Solomon's children never got to go into the inner sanctum. Uh, The generals, whoever more, all of his wives never got to go there. Only those that were bidden by the king. And when you were bidden in behind the veil, hallelujah, where the glory of God was in that day, the glory of the king, you knew you were favored because the king smiled on you by letting you come in where he was and see him in his private residence oh praise God friend this is why the church denomination world will never understand what we're talking about it will make no sense to them at all it will make no sense to those who come to the brink of the message and look at it and turn and go away it will never make any sense because they've never been into the pavilion of the king if you ever get into the pavilion of the king and you look around you see everything different even when you have to go back out of that presence into a world and live a life and have battles and tests you'll never be the same again because you have been in behind the veil over everything about you changes forever and you wait to get back into that court again. But when the king would smile, him, Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. he looked at me, he smiled at me. Look, he likes me. Mm-mm. He loves you. Amen. You know, I'm the little girl now that went out to see her king in Canada. And waved her little flag and oh my everybody waved their little flags and everybody went back to the school and the little girl everybody showed back up but her and she was missing and they couldn't find her and they sent out teachers and people looking for her, where are you where is she where is she and they finally found her standing there by a the little pole and she was weeping her little heart out and the teacher said honey what's the matter didn't you see the king yes i saw the king didn't you wave your flag at the king? Yes, I waved my flag at the king and the queen. What's the matter? I'm so little. I saw the king, but the king didn't see me. Praise God. Look, friend, you cannot be so little that our king cannot see you. I don't care what color you are, I don't care how much you're worth, I don't care how much you make, I don't care how rotten you've been. I how low down, how stinking, how no good if the king looks, amen there's not a one of us that is too small that our king cannot see and take notice to so go ahead and wave your little flags to him praise God hallelujah because our king sees every wave our king sees every heart So here the face of God is the personality of God as it's turned towards you. Notice this. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee by granting you large measures of grace outpouring of his abundant revelation of his nature. Oh, did y'all think I was going to say Cadillacs? and Mercedes, and BMWs. That's tribulation preachers. I'm not here to preach you a blessed gospel to enlarge your golf course and and to make your business bigger. Fine, if God wants you to have a bigger business, that's fine. But I think God wants to expand our business as our soul expands. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. So some folks' uh, business outgrow their soul they'll make a whole lot more money and they got a whole lot more money to do things with and they're growing spiritually and that's why a lot of them go to the pits whenever they get richer and richer and richer well praise the Lord Jesus notice that he said the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee And give the shalom. Now, there's a couple different words that are rendered that the English translators use when they got ready to write the Bible. But this one right here is the most powerful of them all when you go to divining. Describing peace. Look at this. The Lord lift his countenance upon thee and gives thee shalom. Look at the meaning of this word: completeness, soundness, welfare, safety, soundness in body, health, prosperity, quiet, tranquility, contentment. Did he leave anything out? contentment, friendship of human relationships with God especially in covenant relationship the Lord give thee shalom now remember what Jerusalem's name is it is the king of shalom which is Jerusalem so it is this is the entire meaning it is more than just a little bit of peace it is contentment it is tranquility it is satisfaction it is something that's beyond how you can even explain if you've got it it's more than what your brain is able to relate by words by drawings, by pictures, or by video. It's beyond anything that we in our human capability can describe because it is from the king of Shalom himself. Melchizedek. (laughs) Oh, praise be to God. Notice this. As Moses said, The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee Peace Shalom. All outward needful prosperity. <laughs> Internal peace of mind. Every aspect of your life is under this peace insurance plan. Believe me, it's better than Blue Cross or Blue Shield. It's better than Aetna. It's definitely better than Medicare. Well, praise the Lord. It will help you when you're down. It'll help you when you're up. It'll help you when you're in. It'll really help you when you're out. It'll help you when you feel good. It'll help you when you feel bad. He don't write you off even when you make mistakes. He accepts all of us with our pre-existing conditions. Amen. Oh glory to God He accepted us as mortals But his insurance policy Covers something Blue Cross came. United is with insurance, and in the day we're living, you pay your premium, you pay it faithful. And then you need a test done. They argue with you, they debate with you, they fuss with you. They don't want you to have it done, they don't want to pay. Come on. Is that right? Well, we got to get approved. Well, we've got to get there. You've not met your deductible. You've got to do this, and you've got to do that. And that is a pre existing condition. I'm afraid you're disqualified. but this shalom plan. Now it's up to you friends. You can take the shalom plan or you can just take the saved plan. And you see, this is the way many people are in. They're under the saved plan of the kingdom of God. So they're saved from hell, and they're going, to oh yeah, they're going to heaven, and they're not sure which time they're going, rapture, you know, millennium, tribulation period, they don't know that yet, but they are saved. Now with that plan, it's the very bottom of the line. You don't have much peace. And you don't have a lot of victory. You do more repenting of the wrong you've done than the victories you do for the wrong that God helped you to not do. And you go to church when you need to, which is not very often. And of course you clap your hands when you feel like it. Some of you've got this plan sure as the world. Now then there's upgrade plans of course where you bump on up a little bit higher. Now the premium is all the same. You see, it costs no more to you. It's already been paid for, the premium plan. It don't cost you any more other than just denying yourself. It ain't gonna cost you one dime more to be on the premium plan which everything in there is covered from there down. Amen. Or you can be on the 80-20 plan. Your deductible is $8,975,333.24. And that's every six months. And then once you meet your deductible, then it's 80-20. You pay 80, they pay 20. Which means you'll never get out of debt. Which means you'll never move beyond John 3.16. Your whole mindset is you're not worthy, you're not good enough. And there's other folks sitting in the same church. They got the premium plan. It comes with dental. It comes with eyes. You're covered from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head. You see, the premium plan don't mean you get one arm changed and the body changed and the rest of you is an old man. The The premium plan covers you all from the head to God. Amen. It's joy in the middle of trouble. It's peace in the middle of storm. Why? It is from King Shalom himself. Why, friend, if the Lord Jesus purchased that plane for us, why would we want to
1: barely hang on?
0: How you doing, brother? Hallelujah. I made her. Glory to God. Oh, wait a minute. That, that, was, that was next year's uh, premium plan I'm sorry Lord I, I I borrowed from that shouting there I'm only allowed so much under my plan this is my plan right here let's worship God I was wild in the buck tonight you see me I was wild in the buck in church I like to tore the pews down I wave my finger. And you got people like the little guy that used to sit right here in the end. He was from Puerto Rico and apparently he didn't know no different but just to take God at his word. And apparently he didn't realize that when you got up so old, the premium was still good when you got past 90. So he still shouted and praised God and worshiped God. Bump up, friends. Bump up your policy. David, in Psalms 55, 17, says, Even in the morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. David was a premium plan holder even in the Old Testament his plan covered extreme joy his plan covered with extreme dancing only thing I can say is it's a good thing God put him in the Old Testament instead of the new if David would have been in the New Testament and come to Happy Valley, some of you all would have started going somewhere else. Because you'd said, that man beats all I've ever seen. I can't hear nothing, Brother Donnie preaches. As soon as a song leader gets up and opens a book, he starts dancing down the aisle with his harp. He goes down one side and comes down the other. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why? He he believed there was joy in serving God. He believed that a person could have joy unspeakable and full of glory he had a full premium plan it's amazing to me when the devil and folks sign up for the devil's plan out there in the world they want to go hog wild they go to the bars now I'm not going to get drunk I'm just going to smell it People look at that old guy and say, Joe, you've been coming in here for 25 years. I never seen you get drunk. Oh, he said, I'm just a smeller of alcohol. That's the way some folks are with Jesus. They just got. To... Jesus ain't marijuana. You can't smell him and he do the change. You got to take the bread of life. This is the premium plan here. It comes with deliverance in the middle of battles. Amen. The lower end premium. Well, yeah, not so much so sure. I lose more than I win. I, uh, last 383 trials that I've come through. I've not, I've not done very good at all, but I love God. I don't want to go to hell. And here's this premium insurance for you. The Lord. Thank you. Now, come on, Americans. We just come through a big insurance deal. All of you that's got it and those of you that ain't got it, you, this ought to something special to you. Since our insurance is going through the sky. But aren't you glad you're premium? There's not been one premium raise since 2,000 years ago. The premium price can never be raised because it was met from eternity on a cross which is an unusual place but it was there that the Lord Jesus took the pen in hand and it was a cross pen of course it was a cross pen and he took it in hand and signed it and said I refuse to allow the premium to ever go any higher it will go through seven church ages and the abundance of understanding will change and I can't wait till it gets to the last church age when I will come down among my people myself and I will reveal myself as son of man and what I do it will cause me and the bride to be so united together the bridegroom's call will come through that. When the bridegroom and the bride will become one. That's a revealing of the son of man. Psalm 120 verse 6. My soul has long dwelt with them that hate his peace. Amen, David. I know your pain, buddy. We live in a world that hates peace. And they scream it all the time. My soul has long dwelt with them that hate his peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Any of y'all got a husband like that? I mean uh, your neighbor your um It always amazes me how y'all pull that angelic look over your face when I go across things like that. It's amazing. It's just Proverbs 12:20. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. Praise be to God. Isaiah forty-eight seventeen. 17. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God which teacheth thee to profit. Which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Oh, oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river. Now, if you're not familiar with the setting of the scene here of Isaiah 48, let me refresh your memory. The children of Israel are in the land of Babylon they're in Babylonian captivity and God is telling them if you would have kept my word your peace would have been like a majestic powerful free flowing river now if this could not have been in the Old Testament then God was a hypocrite to write such a thing. But you and I know God is no hypocrite. So even in the Old Testament. There was peace. Like a river. Oh, that thou hadest hearkened to my commandments. Then thy peace. I know I'm weird. Y'all don't say amen to that. Because y'all think I'm weird too. I know I'm weird. But I, I love rivers. And I've, I've been to, to different rivers over the world and always just interest in, in, in the beginning of the river. And where the river starts and you stand there and you see thousands times, thousands times, thousands of gallons of water that come out of that river and you stand there and say, where does it come from? Who turns the pump on? Who cleans the filter? I mean, I'll be in water gardens, okay? And I know when you make a water garden, you've got to have a source for the water. And you've got to have a pump, a circulating pump there, unless you live fortunate enough to live by a stream or a creek, by which you can divert it and use gravity. But you've got to have a source. And you're saying, those rivers have been here for maybe millions of years. Where does it come from? Where does all that abundance come from? That's the way it is with a child of God that obeys the word on this premium plan that you can have peace like a river when the doctor said there ain't no hope for you. You can have peace like a river when the financial counselor said, buddy, your bills is the worst I've ever seen in my life. Open your mouth and go and a ain't static off of a CB radio, but it is rivers of peace from the realm of the eternal. <sighs> so the river runs constantly, powerfully, sweetly, ever-fashioned, don't stop, don't cease. When there's a drought, it keeps running. When the church gets cold and freezes over, it's still running down under it. You imagine God now comparing and said, look, if you all would have obeyed me, your peace would have been like a river. So they traded peace for Babylon. Ah. So what have a lot of us traded peace for? Addictions. Some of y'all traded these rivers of peace for grudges. That's God, I'll tell you one thing. My family ain't never liked so-and-so. So-and-so took my husband's third uncle's cousins, wife's nephews, brothers, sister-in-law about 48 years ago. They took my that so-and-so, I'll never forgive him as long as I live. You're the one that'll suffer the most because you are trading that grudge you are trading that for real peace you cannot hold a grudge in your heart oh happy valley don't you get quiet on me you cannot have the peace of God to flow out of you like a river with hurt feelings with so and so took advantage of me well take the high road go the Jesus way and forgive them They never asked me, did the Roman soldiers ask him to forgive them? Father, I forgive them for they know not what they do. And some of you wonder why you ain't got no peace, got too many grudges in your life. Some of you brought them here from other churches too. You had issues with people in other churches and you thought if you'd relocate and come to Happy Valley it'd be better. Ain't gonna be no better. Ain't gonna be no richer. The river ain't gonna flow no more to get rid of that old hard feeling. Well, I'm gonna preach. You gotta get rid of that grudge. You gotta get rid of that We trade peace for worry. Now most of us do not have much degrees in life, but if degrees were given for worry, we would all be excellent graduates. From this point on, amens are not really thought to be necessary. They are appreciated. Have you ever accomplished anything by worrying over it? Nor have I, and I still do it. I'm crazy. Right, you heard somebody say that, right. But Joel, is that you? So we've never never accomplished anything by worry, and yet we do it. And you cannot be in the depths of worry and be enjoying peace like a river at the same time. So you are trading that bubbling fountain of river of peace for worry. What do you think? I'm not acting like you all in this. I'm acting like me, brother. Don't you mean you looked at that was my face you saw? Right, that was not Brother Jerry's face. That was my face. I'll do something that a lot of preachers won't do. I'll come down on your level. They want you to think they fly around with angels' wings, have tea with Gabriel, eat Snickers bars with Michael. I don't believe that. The Snickers bars, or oh, was Michael? Why do we do it? Why would we trade a river of peace for worried looks, which for many of us run straight to our stomachs? Well, I guess I can finish my sermon back here if y'all. Well, y'all said amen whenever I said people trade peace for addictions. Y'all, amen, that's right. (laughs) God said, thou, oh, that thou hadest hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river. And thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Your purity and your holiness would have been wave. Now, remember, this is the Old Testament. If that was sober Brother Jim in the Old, how much more is our policy in the New? This is New Testament life policy. That was Mosaic law policy, and it had some pretty good payments. And God said, if you would have listened to me, your peace would have been like a river. And your righteousness, for those of you who love the ocean, and you stand there and you look at it, and it just comes wave after wave. It's done that for maybe millions of years. And that's the way God wanted the righteousness to be. That's the way he wants ours to be now. Overwhelming that it just knocks sin plum off its feet. Can I have a few more minutes? God wanted them to be so blessed. Oh my. Look at this. Brother Ben said, I, I don't mean that he made one atonement for your sickness and one for your sins. He made one atonement and that was for sin. And when you deal with sin, you've got to deal with every attribute of sin. The human races were told in the scripture didn't have any sickness before sin came. Oh my. Then when sin came in, sickness was issued in as an attribute of sin, which had to bring death. So sin is death. And sickness follows sin. Worry follows sin. Help me, Lord. Come on, all the rest of you honest Christians, help me, Lord. Did you ever notice what a horrible thing worry is? Friends, we don't look at it right. If we looked at worry the way the prophet of God saw it, how horrible it was. It wouldn't be near as welcome in our homes. It wouldn't be near as welcome in our lives, but we don't view it as being horrible for a Christian to worry. Now for a woman to put on britches, that's horrible, that's an abomination. People to smoke, people to come at her, that's awful! And your prophet said, worry was a horrible thing. I think we need to send worry packing tonight. Did you ever notice what a horrible thing worry is? Now you see what we trade worry for? River of peace. Does that mean that we're not concerned? Concern and worry is not the same thing. Even being troubled in our spirit is not the same thing as worry. It's trouble advanced. It's concerned advanced on steroids. You can be troubled and still have faith. You can be troubled. You can still be anxious. Jesus was anxious as a man. Jesus had anxiety as a man. But it never went into the element of the degree of worry where it became a horrible thing. Why? Because worry to this degree is the attribute of sin. This is not one of the fruits of the Spirit. Well... Hallelujah. Brother Terry, you want to preach in the morning, buddy? Maybe they'll receive you better. Brother, they must sit over for us and preach in the morning. Did you ever notice what a horrible thing worry is? There's not one value in it
1: at all.
0: It's worthless. But I wonder how much we have in our account. Notice again, faith is the victory. Faith overcomes death. Faith is the victory over death. Faith is the victory over sin. Faith is the victory over sickness. Faith is the victory over worry. You see, friend, this is why Brother Rem said, if a woman is frying a piece of meat and the grease jumps out of the pan and lands on her hand or arm or fingers or whatever more, if she won't fear it, it won't hurt her. Right. Right. Amen. Is that true, Erica? But what do we do? It's in our human makeup, the fallen part of us. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Right. Fear, worry, dread. Amen. Right. It, you know how we are. Somebody sent you a text, and he talked to you after a while. Oh dear God. Oh, God, no. Now, friends, don't sit there and look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Friends, please don't send me a text like that. Tell me. Tell me it's about the price of bacon at Ingalls. It's, it's about if you heard gas is going down 13 cents. I'm only being honest with you, and it's that negative part about us
1: that is not born again.
0: Well, I wish all them Sunday morning people have been here tonight, don't you? They all needed this. I'm not sure why the Lord sent it to us tonight. (laughs) Faith is the victory over worry. Faith is the victory over frustrations. Faith is the victory over the world. Notice this spiritual amnesia. Worry has no virtue to it at all. Y'all just, just, Skip worry and accept faith. Don't you see Satan is trying to get us to make a trade-off? When we go into the depths of worry, you're giving up something to do it. You know what it is? Faith. Peace. Speak to us, Lord Jesus. Now look how foolish you will seem under the auspices of this thought. Someone said, well now, what if you're gonna be shot in the morning? Wouldn't you worry? I said, no, don't think so. I'm finally going insane. The way the messenger of the hour was insane to the eyes of the world. Now we're moving into pride material. The internet has been a great thing and a great blessing, but for many people who are worry warts, it's one of the worst things they can do is consult Dr. Google. Google is some folks absolute over the word of God, over the message of the hour. Google it. Well you've got a pink rash and then your toenail turns up and it splits on the end And one side's green, the other side's blue. Oh, it's a random mo seca my high tide Oh Lord, I've got that. Oh no, oh no. Treatment is what? You have to go down to Tahiti somewhere to Dr. Huchikuchi, and he'll lay you down and split you and Take a banana, rub you on one foot, take a mango, rub you on the other side. I'm going. i what do you say that was? If you can't use Google right, get rid of Google. If you can't use the internet right, get rid of it. I ain't just talking about pornography. I'm talking about enhancing our fear. What's Don't ask me to repeat that word because I couldn't do it to save my life. Notice this. If he's gonna be shot in the morning, look, friend, we're not talking about with a water gun. We're not talking about playing a game. You're gonna be shot in the morning. Wouldn't you worry? I said, no, don't think so. Why? I said, worry couldn't do nothing. But? So you've only got eight hours left and worry can make them eight even worse. If you are going to get shot. Why not spend them last eight in the middle of a river? And you see how strange this is? You see what a strange perception that it would be to the eyes of the world? Worry would do nothing but make me worse. Well, what good is it going to do to have faith? I said, it might deliver me. Praise God. And that's why I say, worry has no virtue to it at all. But faith has all virtue. And then he closes this quote by this one powerful word. Believe. So does the Lord Jesus want to leave us in this hell around us everywhere. And his policy of eternal life to us is so weak that we just barely make it from one service to the next. We ain't got victory over sin. We ain't got victory over temper. We ain't got victory over worry. We're just barely hanging on. Well, leave this world flying out of here in this great majestic power. Really? I'm not sure what you want to go out as. I don't want to go out as one of them little streamers. You know, you just light the incense. I want to head out of here like a rocket. A blaze of glory. I don't think the bride's just going to come dragging in and fall into the gates and the angels rush over and SOS and, you know, defibrillators and the angels mouth-to-mouth and, you know, blood pressure cuffs and everything. They made it, Jesus. They made it, but hurry, set up the hospital. Hurry, they are Your victory will be so complete. In one moment you will be immortal. And in the next, an immortal. Heaven will be so reflected in your life, Enoch. That it's only one step closer. So get your peace shoes on. I said, get your peace shoes on. It's part of the preparation for the bride. It's part of her armor. We'll look at it, Lord willing, in the morning from the book of Ephesians. The preparation of the gospel of peace. You know where it was at? On her feet. Let me give you a little preview. Wars were lost. Battles were lost based on shoes. An army with wounded feet cannot attack nor retreat successfully. One of the great characteristics of the Roman army was how they could move, how fast they could move as one man. They had their door, which was the shield. Four and a half, four to four and a half feet long, two and a half feet wide. The men in front, when the enemy would come, they would drop to one knee. They would drop their shield. The men behind them would form. The men on the very back would drop theirs. The men in the middle would pop theirs. They could throw rocks at them weighing hundreds of pounds. And they were so trained, their door would roll the rocks back off. They were almost impenetrable because they learned how to move as one man. They had bones and nails and steel in the bottom of their feet, their shoes. They could run, they could go up face cliffs of rock. Because their commanding officers knew there were strengths in their feet. So how do we meet our enemy? With the preparation of the gospel of peace. So whether we're charging or whether we are advancing, we keep on the same shoes. Peace shoes. Hallelujah. Don't you love him? Can you imagine meeting one of these men? Oh, you don't understand if you haven't studied history. You see, we're not the first ones to be able to put out things in the ground. In the first century, they would put out sticks. They would put out rocks. They would put out sharp pieces of glass and metal. Whenever they knew the enemy was going to be approaching. And here would come many of these men and they would cut slashes in their feet. Some of them, their feet would be laying in shreds. Not Romans. Because Romans had cleats of nails slivers of bone and metal in the bottom of their shoes they could walk right on spears they could walk right on splinters that was jutted up out of the ground but if the Romans took care of their soldiers that way how much more has Jesus took care of you now who would have ever sought he would have give us peace shoes to fight a war with he didn't have titanium. He didn't use this and that. No, he they said, boys, i tell you what I want you to do. I want you preachers now. I want you to shod them people with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. So whether they're coming or whether they're going, whichever way they're in or out, they know the victory is theirs. And they have peace. Don't you love him? Yes. You know, you'd take your helmet off. In peacetime, you'd sit there, you'd sit around the campfire, take your helmet off. you ungird your leather girdle. you ungird your sword. But you didn't take your shoes off. As a matter of fact, many of them slept with them. You never know when the devil might come around in the middle of night with bad dreams and things to torment you. So you keep your peace shoes on. For those who just put them on on Sunday morning to come to the house of God they take them off on Sunday afternoon they're going to be in a mess of trouble because the devil won't attack them on Sunday at church he'll wait till Monday morning. I want mine on all the time don't you? God bless you let's bow our heads together shall we? How many need to move up tonight? Now, I you're talking about smoking, drinking, running around commit adultery on your wife I'm talking about laying worry aside. How many of you know the river of peace has been so choked out in your life? You'd like for it to be opened tonight by the grace of God. Amen, Lord, me too. Heavenly Fathers, we bow our heads. Thank you for this word tonight, Lord. Oh, it corrects us and it burns us a little bit, but we love it. We're not coming here, Father, to have our heads rubbed on and told how good and sweet we are. We want to be told the truth we want to leave this world Lord Jesus in a body change forgive us Lord forgive us for having things Lord that we deal with in our lives such as worry which has no value suspicion grudges hard feelings Lord things that we've packed around for years and years old feuds and wars Lord God forgive us I pray Help us tonight, Lord Jesus, to let our ill feelings go. No matter what anybody's done against us, Father, help us to be able from our heart to say we forgive them. Then, Lord, the peace river will begin to flow. Lord, I have been overwhelmed looking at so many scriptures and so many quotes about the avenue of peace You want us to have it so much. You described it by rivers. You described it as an umpire. You described it by so many things because you knew it was so important for us as your children. Lord, we've got the premium policy. And that policy, glory to God, the chastisement of our peace was placed upon the mediator. Praise God. We receive direct benefit from you because you are the Prince of Peace. And of your kingdom, there shall be no end. Lord Jesus, forgive us. Forgive us for acting like Lord, you don't love us. Forgive us for acting like you don't care. Yeah, you've answered so many prayers. And we go to a doctor and get a bad report and we just go all to pieces. We just act like you ain't never heard one prayer. You ain't never answered nothing for us. Forgive us, Lord. Many of us inherited them things from our mother, our father, our aunt, our uncle. But Lord God, we want to be able to reflect another inheritance. An inheritance of faith we could be as Father Abraham and look at those things that are not and call them as though they are. (laughs) Praise God. Because we look at faith instead of worry. Help me tonight, Jesus, would you? Lord, begin with me. Run back through this auditorium tonight, Father. On those that will hear this service, if they'll be honest enough, I believe a change can take place right here in this building. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for letting worry and frustration and many of the things I can't even fix know how. Weight me down and rob me of my river. Lord, till it comes down sometimes to flowing like a little old creek. That ain't your fault. That's mine. Help me, Jesus. I receive correction tonight from your word, Lord God. Hallelujah, I thank you for speaking to my heart Lord Help me to move up a little higher Lord Jesus Thank you Father Let your face shine upon me And give me shalom Hallelujah, not just shalom between me and the eternal But shalom between me and my vocation Lord you know my position where I'm at much of what I have to deal with. It's not my own personal problems anyway. It's hundreds and thousands of people, Lord, around the world. God, help me. Help me, Jesus. Lord Jesus, help me to put shalom between me and all of these things that I can't resolve anyway. Help my brothers and sisters here tonight, Lord God. That they can walk away from here tonight with a new perspective about the peace of God. Why would they hold on to worry when they're choking out the river of Shalom? When Melchizedek himself wants to flow through their life. Oh sure we're going to be concerned, we'll always be troubled, always. But help us to find that delicate spot where we move from trouble into the land of worry and fear and doubt and we dam up the river of peace. Help us, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. Anybody in here besides me? Raise your hand and say, God, help me. Any of you streaming tonight out there? Raise your hand to God. God, help me. Remember, friend, worry is a horrible thing. It's not something you want. It's not something you want to keep. It's not good. It's not nice, it's not pretty, it's not valuable, it is horrible. If you have to, write it on your refrigerator, write it on your mirror, put it on your toothbrush, put it on your polydent box, put it wherever you need to pull it, put it there so you can get to, you believe it. Fear is horrible. Come on church, well, some of you don't, don't agree with it yet tonight, but I'm praying for you. Fear is horrible. Can you say it with me? Fear is horrible. Now you keep saying that till you believe it. Amen. <laughs> I've, got like a I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. like a river, I've got peace like a river in my soul. Oh, I've got joy overflowing, I've got joy overflowing, I've got
1: In my soul, I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got joy overflowing. I've got joy overflowing. I've got joy. Overflowing in my soul I've got joy overflowing I've got joy overflowing I've got joy overflowing In my soul Let's sing it together Peace like a river
0: I've
1: got peace like a river
0: Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. I've never asked the Lord for too much personally from myself. But if there's one request I could have. It's probably one reason I love these scriptures and numbers so well. That would be my desire. To let people know that Jesus is still alive. Because we're able to see him in me. Not as the lower end policy holder. I may not have enough faith to be the premium guy. But I would like to be right next to him. I want to get everything my policy has on it. If it comes with full coverage, no deductible. Why should I drag the deductible out of my pocket, brother? And it makes no sense. Brother little talked about a sister and she looked so young. You remember the story, she looked so young. And they said, sister, you're so, you're so, you know, so many years old. How do you look so young? She said, well, when I got saved years ago, I figured I'd commit everything I was to God. And I knew if he couldn't take care of it, I sure couldn't. So I just cast my cares on him. As the old black man used to say, Lord, you're going to be up all night anyhow. <laughs> they ain't no need both of us staying up. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Let's give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Send something else for us. Harry. God bless the saints service in the morning I believe we'll be blessed praise the Lord I was blessed tonight I'm kind of walking out a little bit you know we at Happy Valley we kind of share the Jacob blessing y'all know what the Jacob blessing is <laughs> but we're getting changed we're getting changed amen if that's what it takes so be it Lord so be it brother Amos we have to get whooped every time we go to the house of God and I know you get it up brother Sean's there as well thank God for men of God that are father leading to the Holy Ghost to so be able to ring us what we need don't you appreciate the servants of God Thanks. you
1: for Jehovah Jireh
0: Let's just sing it a little before we go now. My
1: profile The whole.
0: you lord god thank you lord god we bless your name jesus thank you father we worship you lord with all of our hearts hallelujah 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 jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus Lord. That's where he wants it to be, isn't it? Down on the inside of the soul. There is a fountain that frees your soul
1: from sin.
0: Thank You, Lord, and never
1: shall run dry.
0: Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand, hallelujah. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we love you so much tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us and helping us. Lord Jesus, I pray the Spirit of God would help each and every one of us take your word and may we be able to feed upon it and ruminate as sheep do, go back over it and over it and as we feed upon Your Word, things that You quicken to us that we miss the first time, the second time, the third time. Help us, Lord. Amen. We by no means desire to bring reproach upon You or Your Word. And many people think that's only with sin, with drinking or running around. But Lord, we know reproach can be brought upon Your Word many other ways other than that type of thing. It can be by people who worry to death, and. Reflect a God who doesn't care those who have such anxiety over everything and others look at them and think is that the peace that God gives so Lord we we don't want to just be free from alcohol and drugs and many of those things we want to be a people that are so touched by heaven that when chaos comes there's a deep river inside of us a peace a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. We have our peace shoes on, Lord. And we're in the army of the Lord. We're marching toward heaven's great, great place with our peace shoes on. Praise God. Whatever battles come our way, whatever storms may assail, they will not conquer us with our peace shoes on. Hallelujah. We have peace in storms, peace in trouble. We have peace even in the time of tranquility. But it's the same all the time because it's your peace and not ours. Go with us now, Father. Bring us back in the morning, if it be pleasing to you. Give us a good night's rest, we pray, Lord. In Jesus' name. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you, Saint. Turn and shake somebody's hand. Tell them it's been good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Let's pick it up a bit, whatever you want to. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
1: We're marching to Zion. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion.